Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everyone. Here we are again for another episode of the Mavens Do It Better podcast, where we interview extraordinary experts that bring a light to our world. I'm very excited to have a friend and colleague on today, Mark Fiddleman, from uh, coming to us. I believe you're in California. Is that right? Santa Monica, California, right next to you. Yeah, yeah, not too far away, so virtually. So I've known Mark, gosh, a long time, and uh, we've played in the the chief marketing officer space and talking about social media and um, a lot of uh, just seeing each other in the world at at different events. And he and I caught up um, actually at a Dodgers game recently, which was really cool. (laughs) Thank you to our friend uh, Jeff Willinger for that. i got to say thank you there. So... Mark, uh, say hi to everybody. You kind of already did, but say hi again. Why not? <laughs> hi, hi, everybody. And uh, so happy to be on here with you, Heather. Yeah, awesome. So, um, gosh, I think, you know, I know you back from gosh, CMO Club and other technology, you know, going to events. And so everyone, Mark um, was a regular contributor on Forbes, and he wrote this awesome book, Socialized, back in, what, 2020? 12, I think it was. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, absolutely. So much yeah. has happened in social media since then. <laughs> it really has. It really has. Although the, I think the strategies that uh, laid out in the book are still relevant. They definitely social media has changed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, strategy similar, but you know, just more of everything, more noise, more, <laughs> more, um, trying well, it's to switched, uh, paid more. It's a lot more paid where you could go viral pretty I would say easily, but a lot more easily organically back then. You really can't now. Right. Yeah. And I know you, you know, you contributed and, and still contribute to Forbes for a really long time. Um, uh, how did that get started for you? Yeah. So first of all, I left Forbes uh, yeah. about a, a year ago. Okay. Occasionally I'll write something. Yeah. But, uh, just to let you know. About yep. It. So I got started, I got started uh, back in college, believe it or not. Wow. Do you want to hear the full story? Yeah. Yeah. Lay it on us. So I got into college. I went to University of San Francisco and basically said, "Hey, um, we let you in, but you got to take remedial writing." And I'm like, "What? Uh, yeah, you got to take remedial writing because you know you can't string two sentences together." Wow. And uh, I'm like, "Well, how did I pass all the you know English classes in, uh, in high school?" They're like, "Well, we don't know, but if you're going to remain at our school, you're going to have to be able to write better and at least string." couple sentences, coherent sentences together. So I was so embarrassed by that. Of course, I took remedial writing, and uh, I started to focus more and more on communication uh, through through writing. Mm-hmm. And I'd say ever since then, uh, I've been on a mission to improve my writing as much as possible. And so the first thing I did was start a blog. And this was in the uh, late 90s, I believe, yeah. late 90s, maybe early 2000s. Okay. Started a blog. I was pretty religious about it. I was pretty disciplined about it, getting it out at least once a week. And then uh, a a blog uh, that had multiple authors reached out to me, Cloud Avenue. And they said, hey, you know, we like your stuff. Would you write for us? I said, sure, I'll write for you. I started writing for them. Mm-hmm. Next, uh, about a year later, Business Insider reached out to me and said, uh, well, we like what you're doing. Would you mind writing for us? And I said, sure, I'll write for you. Right. And then a couple of years down the road, I built up uh, a good quantity of content that was out there. My writing had improved, and Forbes reached out to me and said, uh, 
hey, why don't you come write for us? Yeah. <laughs> this is literally how it happened. Right. And I said, um, I said, fantastic, love to, it's been a dream of mine. So uh, I spent four years writing articles almost weekly for them. That's wow. how it worked. That's cool. Wow. It's so interesting. I mean, everybody's high school experience is different, right? Depending on where you go and what kind of teachers you have and, and then levels of, you know, what is expected, I guess, out of college for sure. You know, that's that's cool though that they, you know, were willing to say, hey, we want to help you do better. You know what I mean? Instead of sort of letting it, letting maybe letting that go where they could have, you know? I mean, that's that's kind of a, that's the show of a good, a good college in a way, I think. Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure they're yeah. thinking, next couple of years we're going to read this this guy's exhortations or, or what have you and, mm-hmm. and it's not going to make sense it's going to be embarrassing we can't we right. can't graduate somebody that yeah can't, you know yeah. can't can't write a paragraph completely yeah and then you are the chief marketing officer of fanatics media and we talk, talk a little bit about that that uh piece of your life there as well yeah so uh you know fanatics media is focused on marketing strategy um Things like AI solutions, chatbots, and Alexa mm-hmm. skills, okay. as well as influencer marketing. So that those are kind of three main pillars of the organization. And you know, our job is to to help companies grow their business. It's it's more about growth than anything else. So it's not so much about the tools, but we know that the tools of influencer marketing and chatbots and and uh, funnels and, and all that are really moving the needle for companies, especially now and today when it's it's just so noisy out there. Right. Yeah. And I know that, you know, your focus has shifted a bit, like you were saying to AI, I guess, what are you, what are you seeing out there that's, that's, you know, will you expand on what's exciting you and what you're seeing in the market? Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you all know that salespeople and customer support people, they can work 24 hours, seven days a week, uh, but you need multiple <laughs> shifts. Right. And what we found both with sales and customer support and even in a marketing context is that about depending on the industry about 60 to 70 percent of the questions are repeated by everybody so if they're going to be repeated why are you paying people to just repeat what you know everyone else has already said a hundred times why don't you create a single chatbot i'll use that as an example mm-hmm. um, that can handle thousands of conversations all at once by the way right and answer 60 to 70 percent of those and then if you need to move it to a, a senior salesperson or if you need to move it to somebody at customer support, the chatbot is smart enough to redirect it. And that chatbot's working 24-7. Right. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, I was at um, Microsoft Build earlier this year, and I was really taken with some of the stuff that they had a whole Starbucks area there where you could go in and see how they're using AI to, like, monitor you know, uh, the espresso machines and monitor their stock and all of that. And I, I, I really liked the experiential sort of way of displaying that, you know, like where it's not just because some people understand AI and what it is, but then to really see it, you know, at, at, like the example you just used, that's very vis- visual and visceral. You, you're like, I understand that. And are you seeing more sort of experiential and, and how people talk about AI, to, so people can actually get that visual. Are you seeing that events as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't see enough of it, yeah. which is why I started a podcast about it. But yes. I, yes. I, I am seeing it. Mm-hmm. It's very early days. You know, I kind of make it, um, I, I kind of look at it as the early days of email. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Email first started, there's, there's this whole debate about should we email or should we use direct mail? Now, right. we all know who won that debate. <laughs> uh, it's not really close. Right. And I, I still think, I, I think chatbots and email will, uh, I mean, at least in a sales and marketing context, right. we'll have the same fight, and I'm, I'm about 99% positive the chatbots are going to win out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, I think the other piece of sort of marketing that I continue to hear and see, you know, video, little short bite-sized videos have been sort of the, you know, thing of the day. And I feel like there's more and more of that. Do you, how do you feel about, you know, advising people on how they break through the noise, you know, um, for marketing their products and services? You know, Heather, I, I think about this every single day. I know. know. <laughs> Not only is it noisy, but, you know, marketers are getting really good because they listen to podcasts, they watch videos, you know, they're up to date on everything that's going on because they, they're forced to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, how do you rise above the noise? It's really having a great story, number one. Yep. And then number two, it's getting not just the company to tell that story. It's getting influencers. It's getting your customers to tell that story and, and live that story. So if you've got a, you know, a fashion line, for example, and you know, there's something unique about that fashion line, uh, you've got to tell that story. You've got to keep repeating it. You've got to make sure that everybody uh, that's in, you know, your organization's repeating it. And then you suddenly kind of infuse your customers with it. So if they're telling that story and when they talk to friends, they're saying, Hey, you know, every time I buy a pair of Tom's shoes, and I'm, I know this is an overused example, but you know, they, they, they donate another pair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get influencers on board and influencers start talking about it, that's what really moves the needle. And you know, what we've been excited about for, for the last five or six years. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to jump back a little bit. So we talked about, you know, college. Um, and, you know, like I, I started out as a theater major, you know, if you've seen it, if you haven't, you should post it, Heather, but your RuPaul runway performance in front of RuPaul was <laughs> pretty amazing thank, thank you yeah I, I posted it and i did write about it so yes the rupaul show uh slay of the day was very fun so yes so thank you <laughs> um so yeah i guess i'm always curious it's uh, 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 at all, about all of our humble beginnings if you will you know um and what that maybe spark was i mean i i don't know if people sort of get out of bed in high school and they're like i'm gonna be a marketer you know um <laughs> you know I said, there's usually some steps that lead that to that path and can you pinpoint maybe a spark or a you know a, a path that you've had that sort of led you to where you are you know right in this very moment that that you can share with us yeah i wish i could i, I really i started out in sales because i, I just had a knack for convincing people to do things. So I figured, okay, <laughs> I should just get into sales. So right. I, I started at a, at a Best Buy competitor, okay. and then a, a real estate mortgage company. And this is, you know, going from high school to college and working my way through college. And right. uh, I learned how to become a pretty good salesperson. Mm-hmm. And that I don't, I can't think Heather of a, a certain spark or I can't think of a certain time that I said that, that it hit me, but I just know that it, I was led to it by 
the offers I was getting from local employers. Really. Sure. That, that, was, that was it. Yeah, that's a path. I mean, I think that figuring out that you're good at sales and good at talking to people, right, is a huge thing because that's there's there's some of that that's learned, but I definitely think that's a talent, you know, of being able to, you know, sell something or persuade and all of that sort of thing, right? So, no, that makes sense. I say sometimes there's that one moment and then other times it seems like there's like things along the way that lead you, you know, along to where that is. And that makes sense. That makes sense for me from about you for sure. Um, do you, was there anybody in particular that, that kind of inspired you a long way on that, on that journey, sort of in that journey, a boss or a manager or someone that you were like, Ooh, that person, I really like how they do what they do. Yeah. It took a while, but you know, when I, I started working at Autodesk for three or four years oh, that's and right. mm-hmm. from, from Autodesk, I was recruited into a small startup, really the first SaaS company, uh, and they, they, they were doing project management on the web, okay. uh, a very early version of Asana that looked like, uh, and it was for the construction and, and building industry, but it looked like an Outlook interface and that was revolutionary back then because it was all on the internet. Mm-hmm. But um, the sales, I remember the sales VP took me into his office because they were recruiting me out of Autodesk to come work for them. Mm-hmm. And I told him how much I made. And he said, you are significantly underpaid. <laughs> that was the first thing he said. And I'm like, I might, as a salesperson, I'm like, okay, well, what, what do you mean significantly? What right. Autodesk is a big company. Uh, and he said, I'm prepared today uh, to offer you double what you're making in Autodesk. Wow. And, uh, you know, anyone asks you, you know, it tells you, hey, I'm going to pay you double. You, you know, you sit up and listen, right? Mm-hmm. And he just went on and completely sold me on the organization. And I was left speechless. And here I've been in sales for five or six years at the time. Right. And, um, you know, I'm like, i got to learn his talent. <laughs> you yeah. Know? I mean, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> teach me the ways because you convinced a salesperson uh, to come join you. Yes, he offered me double, but it was it was more than that. It was uh, right. the opportunity and the outlook and, and uh, everything about that organization. So that's the first person that comes to mind. There's been others that have helped me along the way, certainly, but uh, he, he's probably the first. Yeah. Well, it's interesting about when someone reminds you of your worth and your potential worth, you know, um, that's really exciting because not everybody does that. You know, there's a lot of people that are just willing to keep you kind of where you are and burn you out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, uh, not take you forward. Um, and Hey, do you have a, do you have a name for the podcast yet? Yes. It's going to be called AI marketing. Okay. Uh, In fact, we're gonna. I just got the first episode out of editing. I'm uploading it as we speak. Oh my goodness! Yay! So, yes, um, we're shooting ten before we release it. Okay. Um, but uh, and Heather, I was gonna ask you this: uh, How long does it take to get approved in in iTunes? Oh, because <laughs> uh, I might just start the process now, knowing it's, it's gonna take some. Yeah, it'll take a little time. So yeah, it 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 can take a couple of weeks. Um, sometimes it can take days, depending. Okay. And there's some things I can send you some stuff on what you need to have kind of in um, behind it. They like a blog post as well, and a couple other things. So I can give you a little list of what yeah, yeah what you can make sure to do. Yeah, that's exciting. So and as far as the podcast goes, is it going to be interviews with other people? Or are you going to highlight technology or all of the above? Yeah, great question. So. It is only focused on artificial intelligence in marketing and sales, more okay. on the marketing side. So 
These are uh, interviews. This is my own experience. This is how you bring AI into your marketing and sales process in order to increase your leads, sales, engagement, what have you. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's great. I that, that's like a, you know, an open field. <laughs> I think. Yeah. And nobody's doing it. That's what I saw. Yeah. When I was looking, there's a lot of podcasts on AI, but nothing focused on sales and marketing performance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's something that, you know, I, I like I, for example, I, I use HubSpot, right. Um, for my marketing yeah. automation and you know, it's not cheap. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's cheaper than some of the other larger, say I would call, you know, larger enterprise plays out there. But I think that's something like interesting for the small and maybe medium business to where c- can you look at leveraging AI, um, not in lieu of a marketing automation tool, but I don't know, but, but, but maybe, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, is it, does AI give an entry point? to smaller businesses without giant marketing budgets, I guess, you know? I mean, that's exactly why they should use it because yeah. it's so much less expensive yeah. than, um, you know, hiring a sales team or hiring more people in marketing. I mean, literally, you know, if you were to hire us uh, at the low end, you could pay $1,500 set up and then there's a, a small monthly maintenance fee. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bot could handle 70 to 80% of your questions and traffic and, help you close deals. I mean, it's a no brainer. Every, every small business should have one. Yeah. yeah. Or two. Yeah. Yeah. And I, cause I don't think, cause I, I see more and more people using, you know, WordPress is still the standard, right. For, for websites for the most part. And then yeah. you've got like the Wixes, the Squarespaces and the, I don't know, those as well. And I don't think to my knowledge, I mean, there's, there's chatbots you can put on through your marketing automation tools, but I don't know if all of them have that kind of, that functionality built into a website that you can just turn it on, you know, as part of your template, right? So, yeah, they don't. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so, yeah. I so mean, you, can plug, you can plug one in. It's pretty easy on WordPress yeah. to plug in right. a chat. Yeah. yeah. And with those chatbots, do you feel like the chatbots themselves drive any sort of Google Analytics or is or those trackable in that? I'm sure they're trackable with analytics on the back end, but I wonder if that drives anything there, you know? Yeah, it really depends on how you set it up. I mean, think of it as an open book, literally. Yeah. Um, there's been, what, hundreds of millions of books written, and they're all different. Yep. Uh, the same thing for chatbots. I mean, you could literally do almost anything with it. So if your goal is to drive more page views on your website, you could certainly create one that'll, that'll do that. And, and you're right. On the back end, it's even a lot better than email. You could see it every step of that chatbot. Right. Uh, what the engagement is, what the conversion is, which choice they made. You could, you know, it's just like a, a it's like a chatbot CRM system. Right. Wow. That's super cool. Yeah. I, I definitely, I leverage some of that stuff. And, you know, the one thing that I find is that with the one I have that's more on the sales side of things, that, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it's more of a live chat than a chatbot. But what happens sometimes is that, you know, say I'm traveling and, and it comes to me and one other person and it's like, you know, people are like, Hey, are you there? <laughs> you <know? laughs> and I'm like, uh, no, we're not. Or, or it's a time zone issue. Right. So I think having a chat bot that, it, that does that work for you, like that's exciting to me, you know, being someone who, you know, my business, 
you know, is is pretty, you know, small as far as the number of people. But I think it's large in the people that I want to reach and the, and the you know the the client base that I'm trying to reach out to. So, you know, for someone you know in a you know smaller medium business or consultants or that kind of thing, I think chatbots are really interesting for that. So that would be very cool. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Hey, um, and, there's many use cases for chatbots. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it will pay itself off very, very quickly. So I, I want to reiterate to your audience that uh, if you don't have one, you should, especially given the price point. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you're a busy guy, and um, I always like to ask, like, how you do that balancing act that we all have. You know, like. <laughs> I don't think I'm the right person to ask for that. I, I don't think I am very balanced, Heather. I, I don't yeah. have. Uh, I mean, one day I'll work 14 hours, and then another day I'll work five or six because there's a, a bunch of things I've got to handle. Um, so I'm I'm constantly struggling with that. And, and what is balance anymore? I don't even right. know what that is. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so. I kind of listen to myself and, and I, you know, ask myself, am I feeling tired? Am I feeling motivated? Am I feeling, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. And why? And if it's like, I'm feeling burnt out, then I will schedule in. And I hate to say the word schedule, but I'll schedule in some time, just some downtime, just to hang out with friends and family. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think, I mean, don't you think that if it's not in our calendars, we don't do it? <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I, no, I mean that's that's me as well. And if it doesn't get on a to do list, you know, I, you know, there there is so like I I just find that there's so much going on all the time, and that if I don't write things down, if I don't leverage some sort of to do list or project management tool, that I I forget things. You know, I mean, oh, I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's the number one complaint of my, my friends. Is that constantly forgetting things. So I've said, well, we got to get on the calendar or at least in some kind of a task list or we use Asana a lot. Yeah. yeah. And there's, it's even worse because there's so much coming at me yeah. in terms of social media. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at my Chrome browser right now. I probably have 62 tabs open. And I'm not exaggerating with 62. I probably have 62 tabs open. Seriously. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm being pinged constantly. And so, yeah, I, I'm. I feel like I'm overwhelmed. It, it's there's too much going on, and and the only way to organize that is not through a calendar and, and task system. Unfortunately, not everything gets on it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I've started leveraging. You know, I'm a Microsoft geek and an MVP, so I tend to play in that space mostly. But I've been using Microsoft To Do, um, mm -hmm. and I've just set up Siri to. Oh, don't don't. Okay, I I always forget that when I say the names of those, um, my my google one and then my phone then i say them on a podcast and then they yeah. pipe up and i'm like no no <laughs> i know totally um but uh yeah i i, I finally started sort of i i use a, a, a larger one too but like for that one for just when i'm anywhere where i can just start even even if it's a like one word that's been helping me do what i do um hey you know and i i not saying her name out loud but the google assistant <laughs> You mentioned that as well. Will you talk about what you're doing around that? And, and, and you can say her name and hopefully she won't pipe up. But, um, yeah, with Miss Alexa. Yes. If I say Alexa, <laughs> now how many of you had an Alexa device turn on when I said that? <laughs> Alexa, bye. Yeah. Or candy bars. Hey, now. Uh, I, uh, 
So it's something called Alexa Skills, uh-huh. and um, it's it's been around for a couple of years, but you can literally program an Alexa skill uh, to do just about anything that uh, you know that is within the realm of possibility. So, for example, you know if you want to get the weather or the score of a baseball game, or I mean, there's, there's so many different things that you you could ask for and create a skill for that, right? And then you could monetize it because you could charge people to install it or you could charge advertisers um, that want to advertise on it. You know, for example, if you say, what's the score of today's baseball game? And then, you know, somebody comes on with a, a pitch to buy the local, and it, it can be localized, hmm. the local jersey of the, the top, you know, baseball player. Wow. That can be done within an Alexa skill. So uh, very interesting, you know, going into, into that much harder, to, to put up than a chatbot, but still, you know, think about the possibilities. If you have some kind of service or some kind of product that could be easily um, added to to something that you could command. So you right. know, there's a lot of products within Amazon that you could say, "Hey Alexa, buy the Tide detergent," and you know, sure enough, it'll be put into your shopping cart. And right. So if you got a product like that, that's easy and it's you know it's uh, easy to talk about or discuss. Um, but you can do that. You can even program it to quiz you as to you know here are five questions and based on those five questions, here's what we recommend that you do. I mean, there's there's infinite possibilities. Again, uh, just a little bit more difficult to put together than than a chatbot. Yeah. And just so you know, I turned her way down to the lowest setting, but I now have Tide on my shopping list. So. Thank you so much because <laughs> I needed some laundry detergent. <laughs> well, have fun with the fourteen hundred. Yeah, the, the laundry detergent, the fourteen hundred candy bars. I know. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, uh, gonna do all that. I'm gonna go ahead and cancel that out after this. But that's hilarious. But but it is interesting. I, you know, it's also like doing a podcast like this. It said, you know, I always set these up and I'd said to Mark, I said, anything that jingles or clicks or whatever, right, you know, and trying to like keep the sound really good. And that's another thing, trying to figure out on your machine where to turn off every sound that happens Mm. is absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, turning off any sort of assistance you have and all of that stuff. I mean, just our lives are full of noise. (laughs) It's full of noise and full of what was it, uh, serotonin that hits you once you see a little red dot appear next to your Facebook app Yeah, on your iPhone. I mean, I literally have my phone on permanent silence mm. because of all the notifications. And then I've gone through most of the notifications and turned all those off Yep. to try to reduce the noise. But inevitably, you know, I'm still checking those same apps where I know I'm being reached out to and contacted. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I, I don't know. I, and I try to put it down when I'm around my kids and, and family and friends. Yep. Um, because I've been called out numerous times. I'm sure I'm not alone here. Yeah. No, I, I just want to be that family that is looking at their phones at the dining room table or, yeah. you know, you're out to dinner and everyone's on their phone. You see it. We've all seen that. Yep. I, I don't want to be that family. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I'm trying to be very mindful of that myself. I've also been called out for it. And, you know, it's art. I think sometimes when you work for yourself and all of that, or if you work, you know, or I've seen it with people who are like, I'm, I'm very, very important and busy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, it's yeah. like the excuse of either any of those things, right? It takes you out of the moment of being in the moment, right? And it's just rude. I think it's rude. Yeah. I mean, for people to do that on a consistent basis, we all know 
if we're going to get texts from our kids or yeah, it's sure. important phone call, we got to take it. But, you know, there's those people, and you know them, Heather, that are yeah. constantly yeah. on their phone. Like Facebook is more important than the two people or three people that are in front of you. I, I, I just find that inexcusable. Yeah. But I'm guilty. I've done sure. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am mindful of it, and I do my best to kind of put the phone down. Yeah. I do experiment sometimes where, you know, I'm with a bunch of people and my phone is down, and I was at a, a, a an event, and... I was talking to somebody and I was like, I'm not going to touch my phone because I'm talking to this person. And some other people were over in another area. And finally, a guy walked up and he was like, hey. And I was like, what? And he was like, did you see my Snapchat? And I was like, "Uh, no. And I was like, what was it? And it was literally a picture of me sitting there talking to somebody else. And I was like, really? You know? on you know which is kind of funny so um yeah i, I have to say though how strong is that pull from the phone though i mean are you just itching to grab it or are you like um, can you shut it out of your mind i can shut it i can shut it out of my mind um it sort of depends it depends on the time of day you know where i am you know like uh, you know it it does it, it sort of it, de- it depends but i I've made a point, I've been writing about that a little bit too, about, you know, what it is to, you know, disconnect from your phone and disconnect from social media. And, you know, and that's hard for me to talk about being a marketer who wants everybody to like watch everything and read and see everything I do and what I do for my clients. Right. So it's that funny push pull of how do you tell people to, you know, work on mindfulness and meditation and, you know, being present and then, you know, understand my story so you can buy more of my stuff or a client's stuff, you know, like what's that balance? Um, and that, you know, I don't know the answers to that, but, um, working on it (laughs) all the time. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, all those things and, and, uh, I guess keeping up, um, are there like, aside from like the tasks and that kind of stuff we were talking about, do you find, the t- like what you use to i guess be say be informed about ai and like who are you reading and you know like do you use something to kind of pull all that stuff together someplace or do you tend to sort of go all over to get it and what where and lead you sort of down a path or is there some place that you're like oh this is an authority on x that i really like that inspires you about that particular subject about ai yeah great question so i'm I'm becoming a bigger fan of LinkedIn. I've essentially left Twitter, although uh, it pains me to say so because I had so many followers out there. Yeah. Super high engagement. I just find a lot of people are leaving it for Instagram or LinkedIn or even Facebook, of course. Yep. So there's two ways I've learned about subjects that I'm really passionate about. One is writing about it. Two um, is doing some kind of a uh, search on hashtags, whether it's Twitter or mm. LinkedIn. Yep. Uh, I guess there's third. You know, I'm starting a podcast. I've got a, a, a video channel on YouTube with 22,000 subscribers on marketing strategy. So for me, it's, it's it's a matter of going out and finding experts, interviewing them, mm-hmm. and learning about you know best practices that way. Yeah. And then secondly, it's following hashtags on the subject on LinkedIn. It used to be Twitter, but I find LinkedIn's got quite a few hashtags uh, that are related to AI and chatbots and Right. And everything to related to my field. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I still. I, 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 I yeah, I'm similar. I, I find that I, 
I use Twitter for hashtags and sort of a quick hit of news. You know, I, you know, I wish I could say I went to CNN or MSNBC or something like that in the morning, but I can get a smattering of the things that are, I guess, important to me from, you know, from Twitter. And, and I do, I'm using LinkedIn more and more, um, for, you know, posting articles and reaching out to people. Um, I do, you know, I, I, I'm pretty good about, I, I don't share my connections, but I do pretty much, you know, I connect with a lot of people that even folks that I haven't met, um, a lot of the time, but, um, I also find that I, I just, I get so much LinkedIn, um, sort of cold marketing emails, like all the time, you know? And I, I guess the thing about that is I'm just amazed at the amount of companies that are doing little teeny niche things, you know, there's, and there's so many right now that want to help you, you know, get more leads and, and, you know, f- help you with your SEO or build this or build that. And it's just, I mean, I, it's probably 25 to 50 emails through LinkedIn messages a day that I get about people, somebody wanting to show me something. Um, I, I get the same and I'm wondering, you know, how are they successful with this? Because yeah. it's the same old, it's almost like they're cop, they all copy the same template. It's the mm-hmm. same old pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I, I just hit delete. And most of the time I just unfollow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it's not specific to me. It's just a, a random message that they send out to anybody that will connect with them. Yeah. And it's pretty sad. I wish there was a spam button for that. So that yeah. they could, can be notified. I guess you can't report it, but there should be like a quick spam button that, that says, okay, this guy's a spam word, unfollow. Yeah. And LinkedIn's not a dating app. Let's be clear, everyone. So, um... <laughs> I hear that a lot from women. Nobody ever comes to me and, and wants to date me, which is probably a good thing. But I, I hear that a lot from women that, uh, yeah. you know, guys are using as dating service. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, you could kind of get, see it a mile away, but then you're, they, you know, it, it starts off, you know, kind of connect with you and then it's like, Hey girl, or how you do, or whatever, and you're like, oh my goodness, really? So yeah, um, it's kind of funny. So that can you way. swipe? Can you swipe uh, <laughs> left on them? No, I know LinkedIn new feature. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess, but yeah. And hey, I have a question. Sort of talking about emails and marketing and that stuff. How do you feel about the traditional nurture marketing email sequence? Yeah, so I uh, just had a podcast on this, actually, where we debated the oh. chatbots versus email. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, email's great for telling uh, a story that's mm-hmm. a fixed story. Yeah. And if you know your audience really, really well, and you've experimented, and you know that you've got to send a drip every two days, or, yeah. you know, some people do it every hour, it seems. Right. And it's effective for you, then that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that can be effective, even though the open rates are steadily uh, plummeting. Right. Whereas uh, when I look at chatbots with their 80% open rates and, you know, uh, CTAs in 25 to 35% range, and that's uh, click-through actions, by the okay. way. Uh-huh. Uh, the the, the, the story is clear for me. People want to be able to engage with something really quickly and get the information they need and not have to wait seven days until all the drips have, have gone through. Right. So my my focus in terms of nurturing is moving it to a bot that you can interact with at any point in time, 24-7, not having to 
listen to somebody tell you a story over seven days and it may or may not be relevant to what you want. So that's my position. I'm not saying emails, funnels are dead. They're certainly not, but I, they will be replaced, I believe. Mm-hmm. Most of them will be replaced by just interacting with a very powerful and smart chatbot. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, don't you feel that people like to, um, people like to shop? You know, and, mm-hmm. and it could be for that great pair of, you know, patent leather Mary Jane shoes, or it could be, you know, for the things that they bring into their business. And I think being able to self-service, like, and that, and that leads to the chatbot, right? So, like, I like, uh, and, and maybe I don't always get interrupted. Like, I go to your website and, you know, it pops up or, you know, and I can interact with it or not. But then I know it's there, Right. If I'm thinking about, oh, I want to go a little deeper and understand more about your business, I can go back with, to the chat bot and I can ask the questions I have and all of that sort of thing. And that's an interesting way of just letting people, instead of having to click through like five pages down in a website, right, you're interacting with a chat bot. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. Huh. I'm excited to hear your first podcast. So you're going to do 10 in a can, 10 in a, I did that too. I think I told you that, that, you know, I put a bunch together first and then I launched. Um, I like doing that a little bit better. So you have a nice I think chunk. I got the idea from you. And, <laughs> and my follow up question is, do you have a certain day that you release these or do you have, is it just kind of one a week, two a week? What, do you um, have a formula for that? I like, uh, I do weekly and I drop them every Thursday. Um, Every yep. And that, that was kind of, you know, most people in sort of doing research and looking Wednesdays and Thursdays seem to be kind of when podcasts come out, but I mean, they come out every day, but that, that was, um, just for production. And, you know, so like, for example, like with this, what I'll do is, you know, I'll grab the recording and post it up and, um, my producer, you know, will, will take it and do all the, you know, ads to it. And then I write up the show notes and usually we get it, we have a good rhythm and usually I have a couple, like two or three in the can anyway. So it's, um, you know, I'm not scrambling, but a couple weeks ago I was traveling so much that I didn't, I just, I didn't have one happen. And so I ended up doing one myself, you know, just sort of talking about what was going on with me and the experience of doing the podcast and that. But sort of that cadence of dropping on Thursday and then sort of producing the rest of the next week, you know, on maybe one or two or three out seems to be the right motion for us. So, yeah. And, and how do you find your guests? Do you, do you always find them at Dodgers games or <laughs> are there other person? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, you and I have been in our fields a while, you know, and I, I just sort of look around and being in my forties and I'm like, Gosh, I'm surrounded with really beautiful, interesting people that happen to be my friends, you know, or that I'm, or that I've, you know, been with at an event or that I see speak or that are people that I admire and find interesting. And so it's a lot of the times it's just me asking folks and, you know, see if they listen and if not, hey, give a listen, see what you think. Um, and if you want to be on it, I mean, Maven means expert, right? So to me, it's people who have been doing what they do and have become experts at what they do and, and how they got there. And I really like focusing on people's stories, uh, where they come from, what they're doing. And so it's a lot of times it's, you know, most of the people on my podcast, um, are people that I know in some way that I've probably broken bread with, you know, that have been in my house or, 
you know, that it, it's not, it's, it's not just, you know, folks that I sort of, uh, randomly know, but, um, I don't know, like the fl flamenco guitar guy I had on Juan Carlos, I walked into his restaurant and he all of a sudden started playing and figured out that he's like one of the best flamenco guitarists in the world and hung out with Salvador Dali and, you know, played in the white house. And I keep, I, like I told you, I have my podcaster on me all the time, ready at the, at the, you know, at, at whatever I can pull it out. So that's kind of how I find people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's interesting. Um, and do you find you get a lot of value from reconnecting with people you already know or yeah, is that why you're doing it? Or do you, have you ever thought about reaching outside your network to try to bring in interesting people that you see out on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook and into yeah, your, I, your world to, to yeah. meet them? Um, I, I find, I definitely find value in it. I find that, um, you know, a lot of people have helped me, um, in my career and I think having a platform where you can share somebody's story and help them promote what they're doing is a nice way to give back as well. And so that's part of it. Um, and, and yeah, I, funnily enough, you know, I'll be, this is, this will probably be like number 45 in the podcast series ish. And um, I, I'm now doing more of that reaching out outside of my network. Um, I met a woman at the post office the other day who happens to be an Olympian and we got to talk in and I was like, Oh my God, I'd love to have you on my podcast or, or if there's a product that I really like um, that I, a brand that I love, I've been seeking out CEOs and makers of those things um, to reach out to them. So I am going outside a little bit of, of my network as well. So yes, is the answer to that for sure. So um, yeah, uh, I'll have Gina um, Belafonte will be on this week. Uh, well, it'll be on after, uh, before we, we, we air, but so, you know, Harry Belafonte's daughter and activist and artist in her own right that I met doing a project a couple of years ago. So, you know, it's also going back and going, who's in my life that's doing amazing things and bringing light to our world. That's who I want on, you know? So that's how I find them. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I use it as a tool to reach out to new people as well. I mean, I start with my network, Sure. but then I, I want to reach out and, you know, get people like, uh, I'm going to shoot for Elon Musk. We'll see if that happens. But I actually know a lot of people around him. Cool. But you know, people that are in the industry that are doing interesting things, and you know, once they see a podcast is launched and it's consistent, and you know, he, he, uh, they got a, the host has a little bit of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, perhaps they'll come on it because they want to get their message out. And I, uh, I've got a pretty good understanding of how to get a message out there uh, especially when it comes to social media so yeah I, that's why that's why i'm using it i'm like yeah i think you do <laughs> i think you're pretty yeah, good at that I'm social for, for about a year where i'm just kind of been refocusing and retooling and trying to figure out what i'm going to do it was, it was a welcome break but i'm ready to get back in and yeah that's exciting out again Totally. Well, I'm so glad we caught up at the Dodgers game. That was so, it's so fun when you, you know, the, I, our world is so small, you know, like truly, you know, whether it be technology or sometimes I'm in my theater world or whatever. And I turn around and I'm like, wait a minute, it's you, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It was so random having you there. Jeff doesn't do a very good job of communicating, obviously, <laughs> who's going to be there, who's not to be there, and especially what time to be there. I'll tell you a little story. Uh, we have a, a mutual friend who might might have been on a podcast already. I don't know Heather, but he uh, 
he told like four people that, hey, we're going to go on the, you know, Dodgers have invited us out to the field before the game starts. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, there's like four of us or maybe five of us that get out there on the field and we're taking pictures and videos and I got a little bit of trouble for stepping on the holy grass there. But yep. the uh, later, the rest of the social media club of LA shows up and, and they're like upset because, you know, Jeff had told them, about uh, the, the the fact that we could get on the field. Although I did some research actually, and Jeff did send out an email to everybody saying, "Hey, get there early." He did. Get on, you know, he did. So I think those complaints weren't justified, although there were a lot of them. I think maybe he needs a chatbot. Chatbot could have reminded people. Automatically reminded people. That's a good good plug for them. Yeah. Uh, if they could go on the field, they just got to leave early. And, yeah. and they could have connected to like a navigation system. Say, hey, you know, if you go down to stadium, like for me, it's literally like 17 miles, but an hour and a half. Right. Uh, right. You know, you got to leave now. Yeah. And uh, that uh, I, I relate on I relate on ways for that, which is part artificial intelligence in terms of yeah. you know when when to leave and when you're going to arrive. Yeah, I love ways. It's such yeah. a good product. Yeah. No, I, he did send out an email because I was one of the last people to jump on for the ticket and I was there on time and I knew where it was. So, um, but yeah, that's so funny. Well, cool. Well, Mark, I could probably talk to you for another four hours about marketing and chatbots and AI and all of that, but um, I'm going to bring us to a close and just say thank you and how fun it is to, I love your brain so interesting to talk to another marketer about all of these things and and you're so prolific in in the world and i'm so excited to see to hear your podcast and to see all the new things you're doing after some retooling like you said it's really exciting well thank you heather i've never done a podcast before um at least my own podcast so it's i'm pretty excited about it and i i hope i can continue to learn from you and yeah and uh, i hope it's a success and if you want to tune in it's called ai marketing should be hopefully <laughs> by the time we hear this yeah on iTunes, google play and the 15 other places i need to put it as it turns out yeah absolutely awesome well thank you again mark that's great so yeah everybody you'll have to tune into ai marketing and we'll make sure uh uh when it when it gets set we'll put all that stuff out through our social media channels on mavens do it better so Folks, that's uh, been another episode of Mavens Do It Better. And kind of like Mark was saying, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Google Play and Stitcher. And here is to another big, beautiful day on this blue spinning sphere. Thanks. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Case.